The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. They were naked and felt no shame. Adam and Eve, man and woman, male and female, equal but different, created in God's image, and they were naked and felt no shame. So this is our beginning, the dawn of mankind, and they were naked and felt no shame. And in pretty short order, they set out and did what simply comes naturally when you're naked and you feel no shame. They had sex. And then, literally, all hell breaks loose. Man and woman's sin and death and shame and separation snake their way into paradise. Separation from God and separation from each other. That becomes the center of our story. Perfection is shattered and we're still picking up the pieces today. I can't help but wonder, what must it have been like? I mean, what must it have been like to experience sex and intimacy before it was all broken? And what must Adam and Eve have felt experiencing sexually everything, love, sex, and intimacy, the way it was supposed to be? And having already known how good and pure and unadulterated sex can be, and then what was it like to live in the aftermath, in the aftermath of sin? You and I, we don't know what that's like. We only live in the aftermath of the sin and brokenness. And yes, sex and intimacy can still be good in the aftermath, but it's still broken. It's still a broken, imperfect version of what God originally planned and intended sexual intimacy to be. And then on top of all this, what do a lot of us do? We repeat the past. Like Adam and Eve, we ignore and disobey God's will and take our sexuality far, far from what God has asked, far, far away, east of Eden, and venture into our own selfish pursuits and then, and then wonder why we can't find true love and happiness and intimacy. But it isn't hopeless. But why is the truth so, so hard to learn? Why is it so hard to learn from our sexual mistakes and blatant disobedience when it comes to sex and sexuality? We need a little sexual education. That's what we'll be looking at all this month on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. 
We're going to sit down each week with a different couple and talk about their broken sexual past and what it took for God to get their attention and get their life back on track. This is Flatirons Men's Community Pastor Dan Foote, and today, newlyweds Sam and Tabby Toner are here to share their story of their broken sexual past and what they did to true things up. Sex Ed, the Sam and Tabby Toner story. Uh, so, you both work at Flatiron. Sam, you are the uh, you're in charge of student ministries down at the West Campus. That's correct. Yeah, and Tabby, you have a multi- multitude of roles at West Campus. Yeah, technically community director, but guest services somehow falls under that too. Sure. So yeah. All of that. And and you're Jess, Jesse's like go to person. Yeah. All, all kinds of stuff. You just, you this multitude of roles. Yes. Where you guys met here at Flatirons? That is correct. Tell us well, about that. Not, not in the building. Yeah, not in the building. Okay, where did where, <laughs> where did you meet? Outside, um, outside the. Sam remembers it better than I do. So okay, I Sam. Tell you. Um. So, yeah, we met at a merge event, which is now so merge the college age ministry, which is now uh, the young adult uh, ministry. I remember, I didn't know her name or anything, and I just remember we were at this um, lake party event, and I just remember seeing this girl across, like, the field. I was like, that girl is really good looking. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was, yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, what is her name? And so, later on, like, found out who she was, but really um, didn't have much of, like, a friendship or anything, and we were distant for a while i mean well let me stop you there though tabby at this point were you an intern no this was way before i was an intern i was just getting involved with merge events okay and i think i became a leader soon after that so we kind of i led at the end of his internship so this happened at the end of your internship yeah i was about to be broken free from the uh no dating clause during the internship yes and then you started dating when June 25th of 2015. I, I, I have to remember, I was going to say last year, but we're... Oh, dang it. Sorry. June 25th June of 2015. Mm-hmm. Did you remember the date? <laughs> Sam, Did you? Sam clarified it. I remember it now, but there was a little bit of like, what day is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, let's Let's talk about this whole physical stuff it 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 is an important part of a relationship marital relationship uh god created sex sex is good within the guidelines and understanding that this falls into a marital relationship that's what that's what we find in god's word that's what we teach at flatirons and that is something that this world is completely diametrically opposed in m- multiple ways. Yeah. So let's, if you guys are open and willing, let's just talk. Sam, go ahead and give me your your relationship as far as like relationships up to this point, uh, physical sure. relationships. Uh, I'm just going to assume that you are a red-blooded American male and growing up, this sure. was probably a struggle. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in the church 
um, like my parents, uh, they started going to church and they started following Jesus when they were in college. John and Angela. John and Angela. Oh Love yeah. Them. Back in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, so they raised us, you know, saying, you know, keep your pants on, all of that kind of thing, you know, no sex before marriage. There's a lot of stuff that. you can do with your pants on. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll pass on I'm that sorry. Right I now. digress, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So, so they, you know, basically like the rule is like, don't have sex. And there was like no reasoning for that or like, they didn't necessarily break it down. Like, Hey, don't do that. But here's why kind of the thing. They just said, um, don't do it. Yeah. They just said, don't, don't do it. And that's kind of, I mean, that's, and that's, I mean, I say my parents are that, but really, I mean, that's the church I grew up in, all that right. kind of history and background. Um, but eventually, I don't know, through, through high school, you know, I, wanted to be a good, you know, good Christian kid or whatever. And eventually that broke down for me and started going to like towards the end of high school would go to, go to parties and, and that sort of thing. And I eventually found out that I got attention. Um, and so, you know, from, from girls. And so, yeah, there were a couple of, a couple of girls in, in, in high school. And then one of, I had a relationship um, after I graduated high school with, with a girl really based on all of like the wrong reasons. It's like we were acquaintances and then saw each other, um, uh, saw each other at a concert and hooked up there. And yeah. what was the concert? Uh, it was of a revolution. I don't even know. That is. It's like a jam. Neither band. does Cole. It's a jam <laughs> band, uh, it, from Baltimore. So, okay. um, anyway, so, at, yeah, we're at that concert, and then yeah, s- slept together like that night, and and then eventually like a couple of like nights go by, a couple of weeks go by, and kind of kept that relationship going in that state, mm-hmm. and eventually started dating. But it was all based on right. the fact that like we slept together. Um, Let me ask and, you this: Yeah, going through that, you're you said growing up, mm-hmm. you want to be a, a you, your words good Christian guy. Yeah, when that happened. What were you working through in your head? Well, or were you not even thinking about it at this point? At that point, really, I mean, part of it came from my family in a way of like, I wanted to like make sure, you know, I'm a middle, one of the middle kids in in my family. And so there's the people pleaser type of thing. Like, hey, I want to make sure and like be a good son and follow the rules or whatever. And then, but really like that desire. And then also the fact that, I look around me and all like the people I was, you know, not everybody, but like, you know, some of the people I'm going to church with, it's like, they're hooking up with people, they're partying. Right. Like, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, why bother if they, with following if they can the rules? Do it, why not if me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and later on, even like looking back at it, I know that my heart was going afar, like away from what God was teaching. And, I mean, my salvation story is like, I started after that relationship, um, that helped me like realize, like f- pointed me back to, to Christ and who, who God was. Right. And I started following Jesus actually. And I know that, like, I, I know that to be true because of like where my heart was and mm-hmm. specifically in this area of, of sex and, and everything. It's like when, after that relationship, a few months after that, uh, my heart really got turned around and I was like, I don't like, I mean, I want, I want this, like, I want to have sex, but at the same time, like, that's not where my like heart's desire right. is pointing me to where it was for years and years leading up to that. 
And then at what so. point in this process did you leave Baltimore to come out here? Uh, uh, three years after okay. after that. Yeah. And then when did you start getting involved in Merge and, 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 and here at Flatirons, getting involved in young adult ministry? Um, I got involved very immediately. I moved into a house in Boulder, and everyone in that house uh, they were going to Flatirons. Okay. So I said, hey, I'll, I'll go to church with you guys. And I was following Jesus at, at that point and right. really involved in my church in Baltimore. And I move out here, move in with some some Christian guys who I found out like through Flatirons uh, Facebook page, through the Merge Facebook page, uh, that there's some guys who had an open room. So I moved in with them and right. started going to Flatirons pretty immediately once I moved out here. Right. You graduated with a degree in architecture. Architecture, yep. And then you... Took on an internship. Internship here, yeah. Right. Um, and that was, I knew that I wanted to start pursuing uh, the internship because, I mean, I'm graduating college. It's one year. I'll have, I have to fundraise. I'm not married. I don't have, I mean, I only have student loan debt. And that was it. So I was like, you know, this is a great time to try, you know, try the right. internship and try something where I'm not getting paid a ton. I have to fundraise it and, and, and everything. So, um, and then your internship ended. Internship ended. And you were offered a job. Offer, I, with, I tried to hire you, but Paul said no. Paul said, yeah. And, I, I wasn't part of that conversation, but I no, do I remember that. Yeah. And then you went and you your first job was with guest services. That's correct. Yeah. And then that, that morphed into where you're at today. Mm-hmm. And so this is, while you you had this bumpy road back in Baltimore, mm-hmm. you got some stuff out of you know, out of, uh, off kilter, uh-huh. uh, sexually, uh-huh. re- straighten your life around. That's where we find you today. Sure. Now then, you've talked way too much. <laughs> now yeah. it's Tabby's turn. And so, Tabby, you grew up here, yes. Monarch grad. If you're willing, tell us about your situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more <laughs> packed into my my story. Um I didn't really grow up going to church. We had like a unity church we went to when we were little, but that's that's not real church. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> they uh, they believe in anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you come to Christ? I or would you rather include that in your story? Yeah, that that comes a lot. Okay, <laughs> so then then go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a culture of like. As long as the person that you lose your virginity to is somewhat important, it doesn't really matter after that. Mm. So, um, and I had kind of a serious relationship and it like, but I was still really young. Like now being involved in high school ministry, I think about like the age I was at and I'm like, man, like 15 years old, these kids are so little, like yeah. I was so little. Um, but yeah, so from there, there was just, I mean... And this is something, I'm just going to say, is this something your parents were taught you? It was like, hey, as long as this person's important, or was it just like... I mean, I remember girls in high school that that was just kind of the thing of like, well, I mean, after you've lost it, like, what matters anymore kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, you need to like protect it until you have like good cause, but there wasn't, or at least I wasn't involved in much of like a scene where there was like people abstaining i guess right i don't know i partied a lot i did drugs a lot so i don't know if i would have been invited to the groups that were abstaining anyways but yeah um, but yeah so from there it was kind of 
And as you're walking through that, just help me. Uh, what what are, is is it just something that's not even on your radar, or are you thinking like this is important, but I don't know why? Or you just help help me understand that. I think. I think there was a lot of like. I guess just like this is what adults do, and when mm. you're in high school, you're pretending that you're an adult in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and feeling like you're more mature than you are and that you can handle it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think a lot of it too was wrapped around like, this is what you have to do to get affirmation from guys and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, you kind of have to have that balance of like, don't go too far. Cause then like, if you're like sleeping around with everybody, then you get like a trash name, but then also, um, don't hold out too much or else they'll lose interest and move on to someone who will. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I think I, I mean, I grew up with a lot of worth coming from my body and attention I'd get for my body and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it was all just like wrapped up into like, I don't know, seeking attention for my body, needing attention from guys because of cliche daddy issues and stuff like that. Right. Um, But yet this is, like I said from the beginning, this is where what we find in God's word and what we find the world telling right. you diametrically opposed. Yeah. The world's telling you exactly what you're you're right. saying. Right. Yeah, th- well, you're worth it's like saturated. I mean, in culture it's like I mean, everything you yeah. listen to, everything right. you watch. Yeah. If you're basing like what high school is supposed to be like off of the movies that mm-hmm. were around when I was in middle school <laughs> and high school, then yeah. Like you, what were they? I mean, even down to, like, the original American Pie. American Pie, yeah. Wow. Okay. Where it's, like, there's some of the, like, holding out for certain things, but it's all just kind of, like, at the most romantic, it's, like, well, you've been dating this guy for a while, and you pick a special night, and it happens. Mm. Not, like, I don't think I know of any movies that I watched at that age where it was, like, and we're going to wait for marriage. Right. Um, so, you land at UNC. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did, in that path from high school to there, you said that, you know, you finally landed there. What does that, what does that mean? So I feel like a lot of my story goes along the lines of like, because I'm getting a lot of my worth and affirmation from who I'm dating um, or hooking up with, um, a lot of what I'm doing, I'm like one upping from the last one to be like, well, this means more because now we're doing this. Mm. Um, and that was just kind of like the trajectory of my life. It's like I hopped around groups a lot. Um, I upped from drinking to drugs to concerts to everything else. And it was all just kind of like the next thing to try and like fill whatever void I didn't understand that I had. Um, so when did that come to an end? So it came to an end um, when I was 20, and I had, like, a crazy night of drinking, an ex-boyfriend that was still kind of involved in my life, a new guy that I was also kind of spending time with. Um, And um, I was pushing my boundaries to the point where I was like, I don't even want this anymore, like, um, just waking up angry and sad and like all of these like mixed emotions right just uh, one night in particular like stands out that i like slept through my alarm to go to work um woke up next to 
the ex-boyfriend, all of these things that I was like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Um, so from there, it was like, I don't know where to go, but I need to, like, get my sh- together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like, I don't know where to go. I need to get my sh- together. And um, the first thing was, like, I need to cut out guys. I need to just, like, figure it out outside of that. And then from there, thankfully, growing up in the area, I knew about Flatirons. Mm-hmm. I kind of had... um a weird roundabout way of like getting here um but had friends that were going that I kind of jumped in with but I'd go on Sunday nights by myself a lot just to kind of be like I need better values I need something and this is the only thing I haven't tried at this point yeah um so yeah just from coming to church eventually uh my best friend Danica we were in cosmetology school together Mm -hmm. um she grew up going to church, so we'd go together and then have the conversations afterwards. And, right. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just like a true, like, belong before you believe flat iron story. That's great. Like, I just got to come and figure it out and eventually bump into Jesus. And then you and Danica both uh, were interns. Yeah. So yeah. what what propagated the internship? Um. So, yeah, cosmetology didn't really work out for either of us. Um, <laughs> but we... Uh, now, cosmetology is cutting hair. Yeah, skin, hair, and nails. Okay. The girly things. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we joke now that we both ended up just going there so that we could meet each other. That's like part of God's yeah. plan for us. We're very expensive friends. $18,000 worth of friendship. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then from there, I went back to school. Um, I ended up at UNC, which was also kind of good for our friendship because it split us apart and we had to find more community mm. at the church. So I started leading a group. She got involved in a group in Golden. You were leading a group up at UNC? Yeah. Okay. Both for uh, Merge, the college ministry right. at the time. Um, and then um, through that, uh, Emily Piconi was working with the ministry at the time and took me to coffee and was like, have you ever thought about doing the internship? And I was like, no, I'm going to travel the world. You know, mm. There's something like more exciting than that. Um and then just in thinking about it more, and it was just heavy, weighing heavy on my heart. So I decided to do it and then talked to Danica about it. And she's like, how would you feel if I wanted to do it too? So we were in different ministries. I did college ministry and right. she did student ministry, but it was it was a fun time for Yeah, us. but you guys lived together in the intern house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, I forget the date, but wasn't it the 15th of, was it May 15th of 2015? Uh, June 25th, Dan. June 25th. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know for whatever reason I remember dates, but What is whatever. it? June 25th. June 25th, 2015, uh-huh. you guys went on your first date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got engaged? That's the 15th, yeah. July 15th. July 15th. Of 2016. A year later, mm-hmm. you guys got engaged. Yeah. And your wedding date is? December 29th. December 29th. So yeah. when this airs in February, you will have been married two months. Yeah. That. Yes, and we'll have Praise to have you, the Lord. We'll have to have you back in, but <laughs> okay. Let's let's go to uh, you guys have shared your past. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You guys come together. You are both uh, followers of Jesus, trying to get this part of your life in order. Sure, you've got. You know, we're calling it sex ed because we all learn stuff, right? And then we all have to live with a lot of the mistakes that we make and everything. But you have come together. We had you last spring, which would be 
the spring, April of 2016, you guys yeah. were on a panel uh, for the Royal Retreat yeah. uh, to talk about... Uh, I said you. We had Sam up there. Uh-huh. On the, on I wasn't allowed and then, in the room. Yeah, yeah Abby was, not, Abby was allowed. not allowed. Yeah, but Sam came up because uh, to talk about relational stuff. We had a Q and A panel. You were our sole single, but yeah, ser- not married, and you guys weren't even engaged at this point. But you were seriously dating. We were seriously dating. There's no comic dating, just serious dating. Yeah. <laughs> and that would sound boring, then. Yeah, but you guys have have uh, tell us. A, Tell us about your relationship as your okay. relationship has grown, mm-hmm. and then how have you kept this part of your life under, like I said, that umbrella of what God says is right and true and good? So when thinking about about this topic, um, and I, I think uh, for Tabby as well, I mean, I'm a trusted, like I trust God. Like it's easy for me to be like, okay, this is what the Bible says is true. I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. So that, I almost want to say that is like foundation or something. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it's, it's easy for, for me to trust what God has to say. Um, especially now following him and actually, you know, trusting and leaning into like his plan for my life. Um, but for our relationship, I think w- I defined early on uh, in our relationship. I mean, the first time we kissed was like, what, date two or something like that. What date was um, it? Was uh, it June? No, it was July 3rd. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So early on, like in our in our dating, um, I mean, we talked about our past with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Full disclosure. Full, yeah, full disclosure. How um, difficult was that? Uh, it wasn't as, it was scary at first, but you were scared to share with Tabby. I mean, I, I would say I was a little scared, but I feel like I was probably more nervous because I already had the assumption of like, I'm sure you have somewhat of a past, but I feel like I've got a lot more like dirt and crud. Um, just in terms of like. I don't know, even down to the basics of, like, for a girl, it's hard to be like, I've slept with more people than you or something like right. that. So, Well, let me yeah. ask you this. When you guys did, did you guys set a date? Like, hey, tomorrow we're going to talk about, or did it slowly come out? I think it slowly came out a little bit. I mean, it wasn't, like, over the course of months and months. It was more over the course of probably the first month while we were dating. Yeah. Um, but I would say give or take. It wasn't like, let's go to Taco Bell and have a conversation no, 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 about it. Well, no. we had like a friendship basis before that to yeah. where we kind of had a good idea of each other's backgrounds. But mm-hmm. for the like specifics, I think it was just kind of, I don't know, as things came <laughs> yeah. up a little bit and knowing that we wanted to just like have it out there. But there isn't like a, and here's the easiest way to bring up, right. like, you know. Yeah. Um, so we definitely... I, I feel like there was a little bit of like, tell me something I don't know about you yet or something like that, that we yeah. ended up having where it was like, well, if we're getting really into the like, tell me something I don't know yet, like, let's get into some of the mucky stuff too. Not yeah. like, yeah. well, this is my favorite ice cream or something like that. You know, like <laughs> that stuff's great too. But I think yeah. we also had like a little bit for both of us, like underlying want to just bring that out so that. So you. Yeah. Kissed for the first time on July 3rd, yeah. as Sam remembered the date. You, yeah. you said what? And it was great. It was great. <laughs> yes. And then, so, looking then at your relationship, both of you knowing where this could lead, 
Mm-hmm. And how did you protect yourselves? So I called it out real early on. And I think this on July fourth. On July, it wasn't July. <laughs> I actually have no idea about this one. Okay, um, but no, uh, I think it was probably even before we got into conversations about our past and our history. Mm-hmm. Just knowing, no, I me, for me knowing that she has a history and she has baggage, and knowing that I have baggage, and also she knows that I have baggage or whatever. It's like we we knew that there was baggage there, and we knew that like we've crossed a lot of lines, right? So which means. We know how to cross those lines, and we like know how to push those those boundaries. So I wanted early on um, to say, "Hey, these are the things that we're not going to do." And and I that was key for me to say that out loud and say that to Tabby mm-hmm. because then she knows, "Hey, if I'm not doing something, it's not because I don't think you're pretty, and it's not because I don't, you know, re- at that time, you know, really like you, and now." Uh, you know, because I love you. It's like, it's, I'm not doing those things because I'm like afraid or anything. I'm I'm not doing the crossing boundaries because I don't want to start going downhill real fast. Sure. So let me... Well, and I think we do have like, we had at least the same foundation of knowing like, we don't want to go there. Right. You know? yeah. And so part of that was like, already didn't need to be discussed i guess because it's like yeah. we be- we believe the same thing of like what god's best plan is for us doesn't involve that right so let me ask this though because you said that so much of your you know formative years in this revolved around this is where i'm getting attention this is where i'm gaining self-worth because of what you know what you said my body and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is any of that playing in at this point going, does he not like me or, or do, is there any of that or? Um, I think I struggled with that a little bit before Sam. I think I worked through a lot of that on my own. Mm. It wasn't like one day I like right. buttoned up my top and put on <laughs> sh- longer shorts and that was like the end of it. It was like a, it was a process of learning for me of like what's appropriate and what's not. There's a little bit of like taking off those blinders that culture yeah. puts on you of what's okay and what's not. And, you know, learning that when you raise your arms, your dress should still cover your crotch is a new <laughs> thing for me. But I learned it, you know. Yeah. But it was like a How did you learn that? At the Flatlands Christmas party. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at Jim's dad talk. That he yeah. Um, <laughs> Cole and I were at the table. I was yeah. going to say that I'm pretty sure it was directed at me. Cole and I both got fired that night, but we're still here somehow. <laughs> Um, Praise yeah, the Lord. Yeah, it's, it's the Lord. It's progressive steps for no. me that I had to take before Sam. And I think a lot of it, too, is just trusting God in mm-hmm. that, which sounds, I don't know, I feel like it sounds like, and then I'm just going to trust God. But it is a piece of, like, leaning into, like, where God says I get my worth from, which right. is from Him and who He's created me to be and not... Um, I don't know, not exploiting myself in that. And yeah. so I think I did a lot of personal work before Sam. I think those conversations also helped. And I still think it's like a struggle of knowing like, because some everyone has different boundaries that they mm-hmm. put, you know? And so for us, it's like, it's not like we're going to hold off holding hands or something like that. But some people do have those boundaries of right. like, we're going to wait to hold hands or we're going to wait to kiss or whatever else. And I think that I could have potentially struggled with that because there is a little bit of affirmation that comes from like, let me hold sure. your hand. Or right. Let me like. Gets back into some of the love languages. Yeah. yeah like your love sure. language might be physical touch. 
Only with Sam, though. Oh. <laughs> yes. But you know what? It's funny. As you're talking through this, all I can think of is this. What you just said is like, it might sound kind of corny, but I'm just going to put my faith in God and what God says. Or what's the opposite of that? Put your faith in what the world says? Right. And look right. what the wor- look at the baggage the world well, and has. Well, obviously, I'd already tried that. And right. And it had come up real empty. Wanting. So, yeah. and I mean, a lot of it too, I feel like I constantly, there's like this battle of like, well, there's no guys out there that'll like wait for that. Like, I mean, that's what I struggled with was believing that like, there's going to be guys that will stick around if I say no. Right. Um, But they are out there. That's part of like knowing your value and your worth and setting that bar and not letting anybody like lower it for you. And that was one of the things that, I mean, I didn't. I didn't know, Tabby never said that out loud, but that was one of those things that really attracted me to, to, to Tabby is knowing that she's doing work on, like, on her own and she's becoming, you know, her own woman in, in Christ and who, knowing who God is. Right. That's something that, you know, it's like she wasn't looking for, this is more relational probably, like the relationship side, not necessarily the sex side, mm-hmm. you know, being this, the sex ed conversation or whatever, but, yeah, that was one of the things that made me realize, you know what? She's someone I want to date because she's not trying, looking for someone to date. She's right. trying to become a better woman. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really attracted me to her. Well, that's good. So, Side comment. As we look at your relationship now in this sex ed stuff, how difficult has it been for you two to stay on track? Well, muscle memory is a real thing. So there's a little <laughs> bit of like, you don't realize how much of like stuff comes back quickly that you're mm-hmm. like, shut it down. Yeah, like, whoa, okay. I think, the breaks. I think it helps that we had those conversations. I think it yeah. helps that yeah. like in those conversations, it's like, we're, we're a team in this. Like, it's not like I'm expecting yeah. Sam to just hold the boundaries and I'm going to push him and right. hope that he holds them or vice versa. It's like we want to support each other because at the end of the day, we're still human and you're going to have, like, weak moments. So knowing right. that, like, in that there's two of us fighting for the same same cause, like, wanting the same things for each other, yeah. like, has helped a lot. Yeah, and having open communication. Exactly. I mean, that's just reiterating what she, what Tabby just said. But yeah, laying it all out early, mm-hmm. and then checking in, continually checking in, right, and and being open in in that communication. So um, there are people that are going to be listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. There will be men out there, and we we understand that there's uh, even though it's the uh, wake up call Flatirons podcast for men. There's a lot of women that listen. Yep. Uh, heard this recently that someone said that yeah, you know, the, there's a one of the ladies that listens loves it because she wants to know what men are thinking and how they're thinking about this stuff. Sure. Uh, so there are couples out there that do not have their lives lined up, and mm-hmm. what are some what are some what's some advice you can give them? on trying to, if they're going to say, you know what, we need to get this part of our life straightened around. We've been living together for three years. We're going to separate. We're going to get married in a couple of months, whatever. And we're going to, we're going to separate and we're going to abstain from physical contact until our wedding day. That is a, that is a common scenario within the community sure, of Flatirons. Sure. And it is going to be difficult. Just like Tabby said, muscle memory 
is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you, when you embrace, there's stuff that goes, okay, I know what we do yeah. next. Yeah. But then to say, we got to stop. What are some, what's some good advice that you two can give couples out there that are trying to get their sexual education where it needs to be? I feel like we we set some boundaries to kind of help us stay in those parameters. I mean, even the sense of like giving ourselves a curfew. We're adults; we don't have to be home at a certain time. What's your curfew? Midnight. Yeah, midnight. So midnight at midnight. If you're over at Tabby's place and you're watching is, a movie, yeah, you got to go home. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and part of it is just like it's just setting yourself on the setting yourself up on the front end to be put in a better position when you're in those situations. So. Yeah, because it would be right. so easy to say, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm just going to sleep on the couch. Right. Gonna, and then the next thing you right. know. Well, I mean, yeah, and with that, I mean, because one, th- one time, yeah, I'm just going to sleep on the couch. It's Then it's a lot easier to do it the second time. And then it's a lot, I'm going to sleep in your you, hallway. Yeah. 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 I'm going to sleep at the foot of your yeah. bed. Yeah. 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 Now I'm going to sleep in your bed. Right, right. Yeah. And then it's the same thing, too, physically, well, right? I mean, we know that to be true. Yeah, we can we can actually break that scripture verse down of what that means to sleep at Boaz's feet. But go ahead. <laughs> but we digress yes. again. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just uh, yeah, you can as soon as you start pushing, you know, one boundary, it's it's easy to to, to push more. And what I would say too, uh, and I said it already, communication. I mean, I feel like my communication as we continue to to date and are now engaged and about to get married, I'm realizing how poor and how much communication I need to build up, how better I need to be at it. Uh, but I think that this is an area where we've been really strong is, is communicating, hey, this is, the, you know, how are we doing with this boundary? Like, hey, th- these are the things that we're not going to do. Um, I think, too, um, having, like, a community of people that we can hold ourselves accountable with mm, yeah, instead that's of true. just us. What does that look like for you? <laughs> I mean... I mean, this where Tabby was living was, you know, roommates for one. Yeah, um, they were roommates that were they followers of Jesus, yes. connected to Flatirons. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was Molly and Stefan Gazowski. So Stefan works here, right? Um, Molly. So they, I mean, similarish backgrounds to us and that kind of thing. But just in that, Sam being able to check in with Stefan or yeah, us being able to communicate like our curfew with them so that's like more accountability than just us holding ourselves to it yeah um and i would say too i mean yeah community in in the sense for me for like my soul group uh coming back from crucible so like the men that i'm in that group with um i like i made commitments with them about hey i just you know i want to be able to check in with you guys i want to be able to check in with a few of you individually um and just knowing that that there are men there in that group, and a lot of them are married men, right. that with varying backgrounds, that they've got my back. That just knowing that is, and, and they're there to, you know, support me. Um, just knowing that is is very key. I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. This is important. God creates sexual relationship to be what it is. And, and it's important. And when we get that, when we get things messed up, I, I love the imagery that Jim and Scott gave in the PBJ, PB&J series. Mm-hmm. You take peanut butter on one side of bread, gel on the other. You know, they're both really good, separate, 
but put them together, they're amazing. But then when you try to pull that apart, it's right. a mess. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have in this society today is just multiple peanut butter and jellies intermingled and messed up. And you have this. But tell me, as we kind of wrap this up, mm-hmm. what do you see as the biggest benefit that you two have experienced in this realigning your lives separately prior to being together and then coming together and and setting these boundaries what has been the biggest benefit in being abstinent before you get married there's nothing good about this the clock is ticking two months yeah. we're under, under two months away um I think, honestly, okay, so my my mind immediately goes back to the trust God piece mm-hmm. of like, I trust, I'm trusting him that, that this is a better way. Um, and also, you know, when we're committed to each other and it's like, sure, we're committed to each other right now, but really like at the, at the end of it, it's like, until we're married, we could, you know, it's horrible but it's like in theory it's like we could bail on each other right right? and you know if you're you know just dating and having sex it's like you can bail on each other right i mean bailing sounds dramatic but it's you know someone can leave or whatever but like once we're committed yeah sam will say like you're not mine like kind of thing in the sense of like at this point even though we're engaged right now we even have like a mortgage together all that kind of stuff until like we're married like Sam's not mine and I'm not his and that's not ours to right. like. Right. Yeah. There was a moment I haven't told Tabby this. I mean, so we're. Oh, here we go. Moving. Man. Well, it's not that dramatic, <laughs> um, but we're, um, I haven't told Tabby because it's not that dramatic, but we're moving Tabby into, you know, our house that we recently bought. So she's living right. at the house and I'm living with, with some friends and as we, you know, we're moving her over, you know, this past weekend, you know, on, on Saturday, I'm in the back seat of her dad's truck. You know, it's her dad driving and, and it's, it's Tabby. And I just realized, I'm, you know, we're two months away from, from this wedding. And although we're, you know, acting like, you know, I'm, you know, the, her leader and everything. Right. There was a moment sitting in the back of the truck that I'm like, they've got two months. There's still two months of she is under his leadership. Right. Like he is still in... I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was just this thing where she, it really was that feeling of like, sure, we're committed to each other, you know, in this, we're going to be married, but at the end of the day, we're still not, we still don't belong to each other. And that commitment all the way hasn't been made. So we're yeah, not there's going something, to make, even in the imagery you're saying, you're still in the back seat. I'm in the back. Yeah. I'm in the back seat. At some point you'll be his in the truck. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, it's, yeah, she still, you know, belongs to, to him and, mm-hmm. and he still leads her. And until, you know, I'm standing at the end of the aisle and I know, I already know I'm be a weeping mess or something like that. I have a feeling. But uh, anyway, like when he gives her to you, she will be given to me by him. Right. And, and it's not until that happens that now I'm the one who provides and protects. Like now... You know, we love and respect each other at that point. And then it's at that point that that commitment level is is real. And, and, and that life is real. And we become to really become one. And we become right. one. And I think that just knowing all of that, like, 
that just as I'm talking about that, I'm like getting excited and passionate just about the fact that that we're committed to each other and that knowing, you know, and then having sex as a, as a married couple and knowing that, you know what, like the first time that we have sex is as a married couple, knowing that that is going to happen. Like that's worth it to me. Like that's yeah. worth waiting. And especially, I mean, we've waited for 16 months at this point or yeah. whatever yeah. At, the, at this point. I would say from my side too, like it communicates so much to those insecurities in me that mm. Sam sees my value outside of that. Um, and I feel like there's like so much that get still gets muddled in culture of like, I don't know, women feeling value in the intimacy, but the fact that he's wanting to like fight, I don't know, just natural human urges to show me like you deserve this mm. and you, you deserve yeah. to be like protected and your value doesn't just come from that. It speaks like so loudly there are so many lessons to be learned in Sam and Tabby's story. And as Tabby just said, they speak so loudly. Here is a young couple bringing, and in varying degrees, bringing a lot into their marriage. A lot of past sexual baggage. But, as you could hear in what Sam and Tabby shared, and what is echoed in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. For Sam and Tabby, the old is gone. The old tapes playing in their heads. The old boyfriends and old girlfriends. and The old sexual mistakes from their past. Gone. And all that is left is new creations. New hearts. New souls. New experiences together. Newlyweds. Next week in our series Sex Ed, our buddy Cole is going to join us with his lovely wife Taylor to share their broken beginnings and the work that God has done and continues to do to heal their broken sexual past. You're going to get to hear Cole Willard like never before. And Taylor, you're going to love her. She's a spitfire. I didn't tell anyone was after we, you know, first were having sex. Like, obviously, during it was fine. I never felt pressured. I always wanted I wanted it as well. But after it was done, it was like this, like, overwhelming sense of grief. And I don't know. It was, it was just, yeah. And it was like this pit that I had. And even, we were just talking about it. Like, even Cole can tell you that after... You know, we'd be laying in bed, he could just feel it, that I would just, like, separate myself. This is Dan Foote. Join us next week for Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. <laughs>